What's up guys, it's Ollie from History Profiles and this video will be about the witch hunter general, Matthew Hopkins, who was responsible for the capture and execution of over a hundred alleged witches in England throughout the years of 1644 and 1646. Let's get into the video. We will be delving into the 17th century, a time of great superstition and unease about witches and those who worship the devil. Little is known of Matthew Hopkins' childhood, as there are no surviving documents concerning him or his family. However, we do know that he was born around the year of 1620, in a small village in the Suffolk area where his family owned land. He was the fourth of six children, and his father was a vicar. In the early 1640s, he moved to a town in Essex, and when his father died, he used his inheritance to establish himself. He would then buy the Thorn Inn in Mitsley to acquire an income for himself. He would dress well. He usually looked very smart, giving him the appearance of a lawyer or magistrate, but he really had no authority. His role of witch hunter was essentially a freelance gatherer of evidence. He would burst onto the scene in 1644, when his associate, John Stern, would accuse a group of women in Essex of trying to kill him with sorcery. Hopkins was ecstatic to join the investigations of the alleged crime. He would join in and learn about the methods of investigation that involved subjecting the women to sleep deprivation, and he would search their bodies, looking for a physical deformity, such as a blemish, which was called the Devil's Mark. The work that he did was not necessarily to prove that the accused had committed an act of sorcery, but to prove that they had formed a pact with the Devil. The group of women that were accused ended up being charged with witchcraft, four died in prison, and 19 were sent to the gallows. They were then hanged. Hopkins seemed to have found his calling, and would scour the country, looking for alleged sorcerers, and purged any he suspected. Hopkins would have it easy, as the witches were tried differently to normal criminals. As the church still dominated people's minds, they would be superstitious. In addition, the church would outline that witches were heretics, and that witchcraft was a crime so foul that all normal legal procedures were to be suspended, as they would need a new method of interrogation. This is as the devil was not going to confess on the behalf of the accused, so it was necessary to gain a confession from the human involved. Hopkins would travel around Essex and Suffolk, Bedfordshire, and many other areas in eastern England. Once suspicion of someone being a witch was raised, Hopkins and his helpers would swarm in and arrest them under the guise that they were some kind of authority. In reality, he was pretty much a vigilante. He would essentially torture these people by making them walk to the point of exhaustion before questioning or make them sit in a room without food or water for hours or days. Other ways of gathering evidence were to cut the arm of the accused with a blunt knife, and if they didn't bleed, they were said to be a witch. One of the worst methods was the swimming test, in which the subject would be thrown into the water. All those who floated or swam were considered to be witches, and if you sank due to not being able to swim, you wouldn't be considered a witch, but most of the time, the subject would have drowned and died. This was done as the witches had renounced their baptism, so the water was meant to reject them. Hopkins travelled England with his band of witch hunters, 
claiming to have been commissioned by Parliament to try and execute these so-called witches. They were apparently well paid, which would have motivated them more to find the witches, innocent or not. One victim was a poor one-legged old woman called Elizabeth Clark, whose mother had also been hung as a witch. No doubt she lived a sad life, full of misery and strife. Hopkins would throw her in prison on suspicion of being a witch. He would then starve her and torture her, which would ultimately lead to the extraction of a confession, and it also led to the arrest of five other women. Elizabeth was then subject to humiliation as she was stripped naked and her body was searched for witch marks. She was apparently found to have three teats about her, which an honest w- Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Women would not have had, according to Hopkins and his witch-finding ideologies, which came from King James's book, Demonology, she was soon after executed. After a lot of convictions and executions, he styled himself as the Witch Hunter General. He would exploit people's superstition for money and personal gain, and whenever word came to a town, or him being close, people would grow weary, and a certain misery and bleakness was brought on the town. Hopkins would then make his way to the town of Suffolk, where he would investigate the minister of Brandeston, John Lowes, who was a man of seventy. He was a quarrelsome old fellow who liked to speak his mind, so he was disliked by many people in the town. He was arrested on suspicion of sorcery, but denied all charges. He was subjected to a strange method of torture, where he was not allowed to sleep for several nights, and he would be forced to run back and forth from his cell all day. Sensing his life fading away in such conditions, he confessed to have made a deal with the devil and said he bewitched cattle. In addition, he caused a ship to sink off Harwich on a calm sea where 14 people lost their lives. He later retracted the confession, but it made no matter. He was sent to the gallows and was executed. This is just one example of hundreds of people who were tortured and then executed by Hopkins. As his rampage went on, he was being noticed in high places and judges and authorities would step forward to question why so many people were being executed and if he had actually been commissioned by Parliament. He was ordered to stop the swimming test, where most people would die no matter the circumstance. However, this only prompted Hopkins to act faster, as he knew his career may be coming to an end. 
In July 1646, he would travel to Norfolk, where another 20 alleged witches would meet their fate. He would also journey to Yarmouth on special demand by authorities. Who knows how many died there, but no doubt many were sent to the gallows. He would continue his torturing and executions of men and women in Ipswich and Edelborough before going to Stowmarket. He then received a sum of £23 for his services. Wherever he went, fear would follow, as he seemed unstoppable, becoming a figure of fear and misery. However, his career would soon come to an end, at a time where everyone feared him. John Gall, the vicar of Great Staunton, heard Hopkins was preparing to visit his part of the country. Having heard tales of his cruelty, he openly preached against him and collected evidence for his overuse of torture and said his methods were not legal nor godly. John Gall would publish his findings in a condemnation of Hopkins in a book called The Selected Cases of Conscience Touching Witches and Witchcraft. The book convinced the public that Hopkins was indeed a monster. Hopkins soon after retired and returned to Essex. His fate is a mystery as he died not long after his retirement in his home on the 12th of August 1647. Some say he was swarmed by an angry mob and was thrown into a river to do the swimming test where he reportedly drowned. Other accounts say he was hanged. The most common account is that he died in his bed of tuberculosis. It's important to note that he would have died in his late 20s, but what a fitting end it would have been if he died the way he killed so many others. The illusion of power is created by man. The people thought Matthew Hopkins was powerful and held authority. But if the people turn on you, your so-called power is no more. Fear is what made Hopkins so powerful, and the brave John Gould must be credited for swaying the minds of the common people and giving them the strength to stand up to Hopkins. So, what do you think of the witch hunter? Did he enjoy torturing people, and was he a maniac to society and a murderer, or was he doing God's work? Let me know in the comments section down below, and make sure to like, subscribe and share, and I'll see you next time. Bye.